Hey, hey, welcome to Web3 Weekly with your host, Blockstar Technology. Let's go. All right. Hi, everyone. So, Twitter Nation, Insta Nation, I think we can call it like the social nation now because we are in like seven different platforms. So, uh, thank you for everyone who's going to join us uh, today. Uh, we have our special guest here today, uh, Zinx. Um, quite a few people uh, know him with his amazing um, uh, 3D artwork, what he's uh, doing, and he has an awesome project. So what we have is uh, Zinx is a local Gold Coaster, and uh, we invited uh, Zinx. Given what's going on at the moment in uh, Zinx project, um, we are so happy to have you, mate, uh, because I know you've got quite a lot going on and you gave this time for us. Uh, and uh, yeah, let's let's get into it. So, Zings, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself, a bit of an intro, please? Guys, uh, thanks for having me on. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I'm into, obviously, 3D design at the moment, but it wasn't what I've always done. So <clears throat> my history, I guess, in arts has been, uh, I was a tattooist for about 10 to 12 years. Um, Grew up in New Zealand, uh, tattooed in Christchurch, and uh, after the earthquakes, we moved to Auckland. I tattooed there as well, and then eventually moved to Australia to do the same thing. Um, artwork was my passion, but um, I wanted to build something that was a bit more international. Um, so, like <clears throat> through this space, I guess I've been able to do that and just reach other people that are interested in the same things as me. Um, most people know me in this space for someone that's done <clears throat> painted shoes. So I was doing NFTs on shoes uh, for quite a few months, I think maybe like a year and a half ago. And that's kind of how I started here. Awesome. Yeah. So, mate, um, when, how did you sort of, uh, you were like, you said like you were into uh, tattooing first. Yeah. Right. And, um, We've seen quite a few actually uh, tattoo artists like crossing into the uh, the Web3, given that artistic background, quite a few people, especially in the US, uh, seeing them uh, come across to the Web3 space. What do you think? Uh, what do you think that is? Uh, personally, for me, like the, one of the main reasons I stopped was because of tennis elbow. So a lot of tattoo artists get uh, problems with their joints and their backs from overworking. Um, so I think... It's just one of those things like you can be a tattooist for 20 years, but then what? You know, like how do you pass on your art or your skill down to your children or to the next generation of people? How do you leave your art behind? Um, it's definitely an honor to have our art on people, but it doesn't last forever. There'll be a point where none of your art is left on this earth. So that's kind of like a thing for me where I wanted to keep things going in a way. And it never has to be about uh, one form of art, but the problem with tattooing that I see is that you can make a living from it. So you never evolve or you never expand further from doing ink on people. And I'm the type of person as well that like, I like to challenge myself. I like to expand. I want to evolve. I want to grow, you know, like in other ways. So when you do something for 12 years, not that you reach a limit, but you do get a little bit bored of it. And for me, passion is very important for whatever I do. And so, yeah, that's the main reason I stopped is because I wanted to do something else pretty much, but it's a hard game to get out of as well. So like, how do you quit tattooing? How do you get out when you have so many people that want your work that have half uh, pieces? So it's taken me almost 
like before I quit, it took me maybe about a year or two of no longer accepting any more customers and just dealing with the people that I had. And I told everybody that I'm quitting and no one believes me. And I kind of didn't believe myself as well. I didn't know why I was quitting. Um, I was just like, I knew that my time was coming up. And then when I came across NFTs, it just, I was, it just spoke to me. I was just there every day. Yeah. How did you first come across NFTs? Sorry, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> trying to go back. So I think it was, so I was interested in crypto a little bit and it was one of my mates. He was into Bitcoin a lot, but he knew that I was an artist and he, he sent me an article about NFTs. And I think the first article that I read was about Nike entering the space. And this was just before Beeple dropped his piece for 69 million. And then everybody kind of was looking into NFTs. So I entered around then, I can't remember the date exactly, but it was just this one article about Nike and how they're building there. And I can't remember, to be honest, it's been a couple of years back now, but um, that was the first article that I read. Hey, Zinx, how did you find the transition? Zinx, how did you find the transition from tattoo gun to mouse, to a, a computer mouse, man? Um, definitely hard. Like, we already started using technology a lot in our work. Uh, so, for example, like, we use the iPad and we do all our designs on Photoshop or Procreate. Uh, we could then take the person's arm and then wrap it with the design so they could see what their design looked like. So we already were using technology and I was playing around with a lot of different things. My mind's kind of like, I get bored very fast. So I'm kind of like all over the place learning different bits and pieces. But yeah, so the shift, the you know, to be honest, the hardest shift wasn't that, it was financial. So that's been the hardest thing to get out of. And you just have to put aside uh, money a little bit and life that you may be used to and chase your dreams i guess you know like but that's that's definitely the hardest part for me it wasn't the shift from the tools it was the shift from the finances yeah yeah definitely wow um so with regards to the the, the challenges that you went through in your journey like um first of all you started the um the tattooing part and then you get got into the web3 part i would like to sort of um ask what type of challenges did you face? Because, you know, how you got into Web3 is like super cool. I think we should tell that story over and over and over again. So hopefully by capturing this in a podcast, we can save that, leave that forever. So right. what I want to do, Zings, is that I want to see how, you know, I want more people to listen to this podcast and get inspired by your story. Okay. So that... People can see like, oh, just because I'm a tattoo artist, I'm not an IT guy. I'm not an IT person. I'm not an IT girl. But I can still do things with the current tools and techniques. So I want you to sort of tell us a story about the challenges, first of all, when you look at it, what challenges did you face? And what was the process uh, you went through to overcome those and coming out from the other side, please? Okay. Well, I, I wouldn't say that I'm on the other side just yet, but um, <laughs> I think... To be honest, the challenge for me has always been the same, and it's the challenge that you guys are also facing as well in trying to uh, solve. How do we incorporate our real-life businesses and use the blockchain and not make it more complicated and costing you hundreds of thousands of dollars to do the same thing that we could do without it? Like, why make business more complicated? Why not just go and do your normal business? You know, why include NFTs? Why include the blockchain? It's hard to get into, and most people hate it because of how complicated 
and how expensive it is to do. If you're already operating a business and you're making whatever you're making, are you going to stop and spend a few hundred thousand dollars to now go and make it more complicated when nobody understands why? Like you have to be kind of almost crazy in business to want to do that, you know? So when I came into the space, my head's always been in the art game and how do you make a living off it? Because a lot of artists, like we don't make money when we do other things. You know, tattooing is one of those things that, yeah, you can make money from, you know, but other forms of art is very hard um, and it's very hard to kind of make it in that area. So, you know, how do I implement a real life business, business and use blockchain and NFTs? And when I came to the space, that was all I wanted to do. But I'll be honest with you, it was, wasn't easy and no one had that answer for me. No one could be like, yo, don't worry, man, we'll make you a contract. We'll quickly do what you need. It was like, yo, do you have 20 grand? I was like, no. Do you have 30 grand to spend on this contract? But why? When I could just post it online and sell my shoes that way. Why do I need someone to buy an NFT of my shoe, uh, then burn it, then this, then that, then all this complicated stuff when people are just doing it through normal transactions? You know, I think what's changed, uh, I don't, I don't care what I want to say, but I don't think things have changed much, but what I've seen is there's more people out there, I guess, like you guys that are trying to fit those pieces together. So I wasn't able to do what I'm doing. Hang on my computer. I'm not, I wasn't able to do what I am doing now if I didn't decide to do it myself. And if there weren't companies that are now building the bridge between um, us being able to do so for an affordable rate. So anything that we do in this space, you know, back then cost a lot of money. Yeah, an ordinary artist that wants to sell his paintings but may want to tie his community with blockchain is like, I just want to make a token that I can use so that I can reward my artist. Like the simple things about this technology are so expensive to use that it puts off the greatest artists. They're not here because they don't want to be here. It's too expensive, too complicated. And they, you know, I understand it because I've gone through it and it's still a struggle every day. But I'm pretty committed to that. But what I want to do is kind of like what you guys want to do, and that's to help bridge uh, that fact, like bridge it together to make it easier for people to understand, easier for people to actually do and implement and answer the reasons why go blockchain. Yep. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you, man. I know exactly what you mean there. And that brings me into another question, Zinks, is... How was your journey? I know you weren't a developer, but you're, you've taught yourself a lot mm. over the last few years. How was that journey, man? Was, was your friend that was into crypto and Bitcoin a big help to you and then you sort of went on your own journey? Or, or how, how was that experience of learning to code? Let's see what I can say online. Um, no, my name <laughs> No, I was just going to say, because I hate code. I hated coding when I looked at it. Uh, every time I looked at coding, I was like, nah, it's not for me. Like, I've looked at coding maybe, like, you know, before the space kind of came about, and I was like, nah, I can't do it. Like, there's just something about coding that I find extremely frustrating, extremely challenging. Um, I've never hated and, like, I'm not a quitter. I'll stick to anything, but I have quit coding so many times in the last six months. I'm like, nah, quit. Don't do it. And then picked it up the next day and then cracked it. And then that is the greatest feeling for me. So I'm a bit of a sucker for punishment as well. So now mm -hmm. I love it because of how much I hate it. And when I break through that barrier, I'm like, yo, you know, it'll take seven days to do something I can now do in seven minutes. But 
until you do it the first time, it's frustrating all the way through to be able to like understand this game. And maybe it's just me because I don't have a coding background. I'd say someone that knew how to code websites would be, you know, he'd better pick this up quite easily. But um, yeah, my mate that introduced me to blockchain, we don't live in the same cities anymore. So he was kind of out, out of the loop, I guess, for me. The biggest help for me was Third Web, and you've probably seen me talk about them a little bit, but um, they put it in a way alongside videos and also a Discord that I can be like, hey, what's how do I do this? What's this? And they will give you the instructions and you can kind of follow it. It's still very hard. Like it's not a cop, it's not easy to do any of these things at the moment. Um, but they were able to help me. And if they weren't able to help me, chat GPT was able to help me on the side, you know? So knowing you might have to ask the question maybe 10, 15 times, but eventually you, you may get an answer. And then, yeah, that's kind of where I'm up to at the moment. Like I'd say there's a lot I need, a lot I want to learn, but I'm also hoping that I can get to a point where I can work with somebody that can kind of help me just take care of some of the things that I don't want to learn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what is the vision for your project? Like where do you see it going? What would you love to see it turn into? Okay, um, <clears throat> I, I do have a very long vision for my business. Like, um, this is what I'd say my last chapter. So this is the last part of my brand. So I evolved from whatever I was doing before tattooing to tattooing, and now I want to evolve into fashion, digital fashion, which I feel is what tattooing is. And that doesn't rule out digital tattoos either, by the way, but I want to evolve into creating a brand but also an ecosystem that uh, helps other artists and other creators. Like a lot of people want to partner up with big brands. I want to partner with creators that I look up to or creators that I see um, that were in the same situation as me. You have the talent, you got the passion, but no one's there to kind of piece you together and be like, hey man, it's not actually that hard. All you got to do is this, this, this. Like if I had someone behind me guiding me through these contracts, I would be a lot faster than the way I've had to do it, even with Third Web, you know, like Third Web's been great, but like I still don't have someone that's like, yeah, but yo man, like this is how you do this, this, this. And if we can kind of provide that for people, then I feel uh, they can focus more on their passions and then kind of understand how to use all those other bits and pieces. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, that's, that's, and that's what I think the power of Web3 brings as well is people are always willing to help. Like mm-hmm. there's always someone out there online, whatever time of the night that can that can give you that helping hand of of something that um, is new or foreign to you yep. as well. And um, yeah, I know what you mean, man. It's one of those seven day jobs. <laughs> oh, seven yeah. day jobs. Yeah. I I <laughs> self taught myself as well in this industry, and um, that one piece of terminology that I needed, that one word that I needed to put into yeah. Google to give me the answer. Took me for it took me forever. I'm like, if I just knew that terminology, I would yeah. have been here in a day. And, I mean, that's yeah. that's the, that's the beauty of it. I guess, like you know, remember when, like you know, the whole thing when we started. I mean, like uh, Ray, we used a while ago. We used a platform called uh, Morales when you got because it to speed up the process. It's like a middleware, and I mean, they had support. You know, um, like. For us, they're in the middle of the night, and that's the beauty of this space is that you can jump in and then ask a question, you know. And there are the forums and all that. Yeah. And given it's still such a new um, industry, you know, technology, mm. there's enough people at the moment to share ideas and share what they found so far that that helped the ne- other people 
who are coming into that you know industry to help them out so i mean third wave is such a awesome um tool awesome resource uh, i see more and more projects using third web yeah and um yeah and then you know what third web is so good when it comes to you know almost t- testing your mvps your yeah. prototyping yeah. you know and, and what is third web third web is think of like a platform that you can create your nft projects you have your burn contracts okay. you got your minting contracts you got your staking contracts you got all that built in so mm-hmm. pretty much and and then not just a platform yeah. just like as uh, zinc said it's um, they deliver that content so that people can understand how to use those resources yeah you know it's all good having a platform but if you're not explaining it well yeah. no one can use it um, yes. and so what... we see a lot of people using manifold in the space and i think they they're doing great as well you know like in the beginning a lot of collections of people were using OpenSea, but we now learned along the way that it's a shared contract front like you can't use it you can't access the information that you need about your community your holders and all those things and we never knew that in the beginning manifold now gives you the option to create your own contracts uh, you can drop and drag pretty much and you have what you want. Third web takes it up a notch a little bit where you can be an aspiring dev and still have the bits and pieces that you need. Most of the things that I've done, I've had to customize their foundation that they put in. So you still have to learn how to code. You can still go in the back end and be like, I want to change all this. But I think manifolds are really good for the artists that don't want to do any of that. But third web is a good step up from that. And if you want to kind of put in your own logic, I feel like that was... Um, kind of what i wanted to do yeah yeah i mean you've said... come a long yeah. way since we first went on to third web as well yeah i mean ago, I, I, today I, I received an email from third web <laughs> with their new updates as well and that's cool you know i mean like you you brought up uh, manifold um manifold just having one different con- now we've got multiple different contracts where i think the you know one of the guys did uh, i think the, especially the open editions is, is getting quite big on Manifold and we're giving access to that um, the artists to go and do their open editions on this platform and share. And I think it gives that access directly to the artists now, you know, rather than having, just like you said, you know, 20 grand for a contract, for a minting contract, and all that stuff, you know? Yeah, I understand that. I'm not going to put down, I guess, what devs do because the work is very complicated and there's many different levels that you can have. Like if you're going to run a collection that wants to raise millions of dollars, then you need to do... Yeah the type of audits and the type of logic and the security and the things that you need. There definitely is different levels to the game, depending where you want, like the kind of demand you're going to have. Like if you're going to do a drop, that's going to raise millions of dollars and you're probably going to have people try to hack, trying to bot it, trying to do a lot of things that you need a good dev on. So when I speak, I'm speaking from a level of an artist that is aspiring to do, I guess, smaller scale things, you know, hmm. like what a lot of people are trying to get into. I also feel I didn't answer your question when you asked me what's my vision for my business because yeah. that's only a small side of thing and then we kind of, uh, you know, went off on that, but we can talk about that more as well. <laughs> just feel so, like it's a big answer, like it's a big que- it's a big question and that was just part of the answer. But yeah. yeah. So it sounds like you know a lot about coding and a lot about NFTs and what's involved. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> because you're scaring things. Yeah, I, mean, I feel as though you know a lot yeah. more than the compared to person. yes. Okay, so yeah. you went from tattooing into being a very knowledgeable person in this space. But how did you learn? Like, what resources did you like for anyone else that would yeah. love to aspire to be like you and just take the steps in the right direction of learning? Like, where did you go? How did you learn? What did you do? 
I learned um, how I think some of the the most knowledgeable people in the space, I follow what they did and they just did it. Like you have to have been there in the NFT space and seen all the trends. You have to have minted. You need to be rugged. You need to, you know, you need to be in the game to know how it works. Like you can learn this on, you're not going to, you're not going to learn this on YouTube. You're not going to learn this on, on uh, Instagram. Like all the information you get on Instagram is all processed by the time you get there. You need someone that's on the ground that's in, amongst it all that's been that's done the discord grinds for whitelists and uh, <laughs> was there when they did uh what was it like the floors that started you know the yeah you know like i've been through all the trends and all the 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 story because a lot about this nft space isn't actually technical like you can have the best devs the best coders the best everything but what's the story of your business or what's the psychology behind your, I don't know if that's the right word, behind your collection? Like this whole game isn't just about uh, how great your contracts are, how well your website is, like what value are you bringing back to people? How is this um, going to change the ecosystem? How is this going to change business in the future? And I think that's the deeper level of, uh, that's the topic that I guess a lot of the guys have been in the space long, for a long time are kind of trying to figure out because, um, you know, the longevity of the space kind of depends on what we build in the next yeah. few years, you know? Couldn't agree more, man. It's um, <clears throat> it's different from living through it to yes. looking at what's out now, for instance. Yeah. You know, like you see, you see a lot living through it rather than coming in and you don't know what you don't know or what yep. you've missed out on. Yeah. There's definitely trends that are pushed here where the language is one way, but if you've been here long enough, you know that that's old language, you know, like, and I notice it between countries. So like, I didn't know there was even a scene in Australia for a little bit, but let's say someone comes into the space. Now, the questions he's going to ask me is why is your supply like that? What's the floor price? When, when is, when is the price going to go up? You know, like all the same boring questions we've always been through, like, I went through it myself where my thinking was, um, oh, but bro, if you buy this NFT and if you hold it, if you hodl it, you're going to get a female one. And then the female one and the male one are going to breed together and then you're going to have babies and then you're going to make a house. And then it's all this stuff that you kind of get caught into the story, which is important. The story is important. Don't get me wrong. But kind of like you lose track of like, what are we actually trying to do here? We're trying to build businesses. People would be even, don't even think about that anymore. They're like, oh, I just want to flip. I want to be in and out. I'm like, how is that going to be sustainable in the future? So we've had these conversations, you know, with mm. friends and people, and there's a lot of disagreement about the space. You know, like you got to be careful what you say. You don't want to hurt someone's bags. Don't talk about uh, zero royalties. Don't talk about this. You know, like it's very touchy because money's involved, you know, but there's different language here. And it just depends on, I guess, how long you've been here as to the level of thinking. Like even my project, I guess it's mostly free. And I still get the same questions and this just, it can be quite hard, I guess, for founders to kind of deal with the same things over and over again when they're trying to build something different. So yeah, that's. Yeah. And what helps you deal with these questions? Like, you know, the repeated questions, what, what do you do? What helps you level up and keep saying? <laughs> um, I try to write medium articles, but I don't think anybody reads them. <laughs> but, I just, you know, I try to put out some warnings. I try to say, like, you know, what I'm building is not your ordinary co collection. 
I'm going at it different theory. The way I dropped my collection was in a way to avoid these types of questions. So I dropped on Polygon. Being in the space, I know that no one wants NFTs on Polygon just yet. I have a different vision for Polygon, but I was like, well, if I go to Polygon early, these traders aren't going to come here and ask me the same questions. If I make a collection that is much larger than the ordinary one, even though I have a reason for that later, that will come about. Um, like I was trying to do all the things to keep those old questions away, first of all. So I think that was the best way to do it. And then I've hardly raised any money doing what I'm doing, first off. So I was hoping to cut those questions out as well. You know, like, oh, bro, I've spent two grand on your NFT project. What are you doing? Why is it the fourth? I don't have those questions because at the end of the day, the only person that should be refunded is me because I'm the one who gave them the tokens to mint. You know what I mean? So if I have it, had any issues, I'm like, you can just refund me if they're that bad, you know. But most of the time, I'll take the time to talk to anybody to answer all questions. And to be in this space, you have to have tough skin. There's just no way. There's no two ways about it. You have to be tough. You have to have a strong mind. And you just have to be able to cope with it. Like, I know guys that have been in this space that aren't here anymore. And they'll be back, but their mental well-being is not great. The loss of money, the big amounts of money, the the pressure from uh, managing money in the space. I wanted to remove uh, those things in the beginning so I could implement what I feel is a different system for the way I want to do my collection. I've removed money from it to remove the stress and me having to kind of answer anybody, uh, you know, any kind of questions. Right now, everyone, most people have a, had a free token. They've minted. If our floor is $2, we're 200% up. If our floor is $5, we're 500% up. It doesn't matter. There's only up from zero. So I was hoping to cut that out with that, but, you know, you still get a few odd characters in the space. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Going to um, that, yeah. Um, that Actually, that that gets that's a good segue to talk about your project, see? Mm. So can you give us a little bit about an uh, intro about your project and then we can dive a little bit, you know, deeper into the layers... Yeah, I definitely feel there's a few layers that we don't have to talk about them all right now, just because I'm thinking years, you know, like everything oh, yeah. that I'm implementing now, I feel like I've thought about six to eight months ago. And the things that I'm implementing now, are, uh, because I'm learning the things I'm needing to do, I guess, along the way. Um, what was your question? <laughs> so my question is like um, a little bit of an intro about what you're building, like an overarching uh, project and then uh, what are the stages that you got to so far because I know like the last 24 hours and this 24 hours is a big day for you so I want to yeah. uh, you know if you can walk us through what it is that why is it important why today is important uh, so if you can work your way okay, yeah. uh, to this that'll be awesome okay so yeah I'll try to explain by it. the way we have your website here behind the screen as well so yeah I mean don't worry about the website too much right now like mm -hmm. I need to <laughs> <laughs> okay so for me as an artist the reason that i'm on the blockchain is to leave behind a story the the things that we like about the blockchain and for some people it's different but the things i like about the blockchain and why i needed to drop a collection uh, starting in 2022 is because i want to leave behind a story that i can come back to later in the future like everything that we're doing now as artists are on chain and that's uh, the most authentic uh, authentic way or like what's the word it's a way to verify what we've done. It's a story that we're leaving behind. And as artists, uh, we tell stories by what we do. Um, 
and leaving it on chain, I feel is just a way to kind of immortalize it in something that is, that gives us the, like the greatest amount of authentication that we can have these days, you know? So there may be something later in the future, but for now, uh, 10 years from now, I better come back and check out my NFTs that are dated to 2022. So that was the pressure for me to kind of drop something in that time. Um, yeah, so that was that. Um, and then your uh, next stage from, oh, before we go to the next one, yeah. uh, Nathan, um, what the description says, yeah. let's talk about NFT royalties. Yeah, I, I think that's that. Cool, but yeah, we're not yeah. going to talk about, we're going to about Zinx project. So I think it should be, let's talk about Zinx project. We can talk about anti royalties, but I, I don't know if it's a good yeah, I think I think it's let uh, I think it's a little too early, isn't it? I thought it was a, a bit of an entrapment. No. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I was going to say publicly, I believe in royalties, but I also yeah. want to say that the zero royalties is going to shake the market up, and whatever going whatever is going to come out of the other side is going to be businesses that are more sustainable with or without royalties. But I definitely think that royalties is an important part of uh, NFTs. Yeah, and um, and we're in the same belief. There's always a, uh, there's no one right answer. There's always a combination of it. And you know what? Um, you need that for the artists. You need that royalties, you know, and that's the beauty of the blockchain. And if it's a business, okay, maybe we can bring in more value. We can have a bit of royalties. We can bring in more ad value add and brand IP and all that stuff. Yeah. But I don't think going to zero is the answer for everything. No. You know? So I think it's gonna be gonna be a case like um, blockchain in general is very open, very yep. decentralized. Um, all sorts of craziness happens and it's gonna be like the Pirate Bay Spotify. Mm. You know, there's gonna be people that'll go Go mm. to Pirate Bay, download music, which would be avoiding the creator royalties yep. and platforms opening up and supporting that to get market share and get their their money and go on. But then you're also going to have that Spotify model where people are happy to go, hey, I'll just go to the Spotify model. I can listen to the music. And as Zinx has said, it's like, you're still going to have that business model behind you. You're making music, for instance, for Spotify, but you're still making mm. revenue as a as a musician or a business model. And um, yeah, I guess it's the joys of a decentralized ecosystem yeah. where there's no barriers or no app store yeah. that people have to get it marked off from. And yeah. There's beauty in it, and then there's the, the other, other side, side that, that is yeah. yeah. But that's my two cents on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it's a big topic that, you know, like we could talk about for ages on, but we don't have to today. Yeah. No, not today. Let's, <laughs> let's be like, I think that's the next week's uh, topic that uh, Nathan was a little bit, I think he's like seven days ahead. This man yeah. works like light years, so we have to slow him down sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so let's go to the next one. So, um, what was the, uh, now, which stage are you at today? with your project because I know that we in our conversations over the last few weeks or even yeah. you know um, we're talking about um, you had a token and there's a yeah. reason for that there's token release and then you design your own um, sneakers yeah. how was that what was what stage was yeah. that and you know okay. that yeah so I just want to go through like step by step what your project 
leading up to today. Yeah. So before I actually started the project, I guess a lot of what I was doing in the space, when I was creating shoes, I was trying to understand the attachment between um, your physical self and your digital self. And I think that's a very important uh, factor in our business is that we want to be a digital fashion brand, but we also want to be a physical one. It's very important that we do so because the big word that I love and been learning in this space is interoperability. It took me a long time to put a pronounce it. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly or not, but interoperability between metaverses is one. But what about interoperability of brands between the physical world and the digital one? So a walk between worlds explains that. And it's always been our slogan for a very long time is that this brand started from a physical brand and is taking a walk between different worlds. You know, we want to exist in both and in the future. And a lot of you guys will agree is that owning uh, clothing in the physical world and in the digital world will have the same amount of value to a person and it does already in games and you know like Fortnite everything else like when I play COD and I like to have my outfits when I'm, when I'm fighting whatever like those things are important but they're also important in the physical world and if we don't have that attachment between both then it kind of doesn't give us the same kind of value so when I was doing these shoes this is going back now when I was doing these shoes, people wanted them for the NFT conventions and they were going to these conventions and realizing that the main value of having a board eight back then was the fact that people knew who you were online. You had the clout, uh, people wanted to do business with you, people followed you, people knew you basically because of your PFP. That was your number plate in the space. That was the main reason why PFPs became so valuable was because of the clout it gave you in a digital platform. It's like a blue tip. You know, yeah. it gives you the cloud that you need to do business with people to interact. So when you go into these physical um, worlds, so the events, you lost it all. You couldn't carry your digital cloud to your physical, with your physical self. So when they wore these shoes, people were like, oh, you're, you're such and such. Oh, you're such and such. You got that A. And people treat you differently. It's the same, like, it's the same thing when you, if you go to a party, and you meet someone, yo, what's up? Da, 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 that's such and such. Okay, cool. And then someone shows you the phone and it's like, hey, bro, this guy's got a million followers on his thing and he's got a blue tick and da, da. Or people treating him differently. And whether you agree with that or not, whether you like that or not, that's how the world has existed before this metaverse talk. This stuff has already happened. Your digital self is a lot, not a lot more important. It is a lot more important for some people um, than their physical one almost. Their physical interactions are based off mostly digital interactions their partners they meet, their friends they meet, the businesses they meet. If your Instagram has one follower, people are probably going to think you're not a real person. You know what I mean? Like these yes. matter and they've always, they've mattered for a very long time. So I feel like we're going into um, topics that have really existed, but just people haven't really talked about them uh, as openly. So the connection between your digital self and your physical one, that's what we were trying to do with uh, their shoes. And it, and it worked and people loved it and people could connect and people identified them straight away who they were and the stories and everything. And that's great. And we kind of experimented with that with Decentraland because that was the only place that I could first create my first NFT wearable. So NFT wearables for me were, were valuable in the fact that people were saying, what's the utility of a digital shoe as an NFT? Oh, well, what's, it, what's the utility of a real shoe? You can wear it. So what's the utility of a digital shoe? Well, if it's a wearable, you can wear it as well. So what we wanted to do, what we did is that we actually recreated 
um, their physical shoes into digital representations. So let's say I did a Cyberkong shoe or a Bored Ape shoe. We then, I then created these for the collectors and they didn't ask for that. It was just kind of something I wanted to do. And I made them 3D assets for that. With that came the ability to now uh, create your own assets in Decentraland. So I made a few guys assets in Decentraland. They had to prove the ownership of the NFT, the IP. And this was a bit early, so I kind of like didn't throw that idea away. I just kind of put it on hold for a little bit. But the IP, they were able to create their own collections in Decentraland. I took 50 pairs of shoes and I gave them the 4,500 pairs of shoes for themselves. They can manage that for their own community. You can go sell that for... $10 each, whatever, and you get all your money back from the money you spend on your shoes plus more, and you have your own collection. So that's kind of how I wanted to ride off, not ride off, sorry, how I wanted to help bridge people's identity and their IP into both worlds. And that was then. So now we're up to the point where I'm kind of trying to build and connect a community of people around the same concept, but our brand. And alongside that, we'll be using the same principles um to kind of help people i won't say build their own collections but help people kind of build off that and at the same time when we start growing a physical part of our brand again and start doing nfts on shoes then i want to better go down that road of ip again and help um people make i guess their own collections through the physical items that they purchase with us yep oh, awesome Thanks, mate. So, uh, what's happening on that one? <laughs> so, so what's happening today at the moment in your so, ecosystem? So today we have what I call the color cards, um, and there are there are quite a lot of them. There's forty four thousand NFTs, which is a stupid amount, but I needed to buy myself a few months' time. Like I didn't want to create something that minted out straight away. Um, I believe all businesses are going to want to learn how to gamify their businesses. And I don't mean creating games. I mean the gamification of business. And I think that's a very important factor that I kind of want to experiment and learn with quite openly. And I guess those things are going to come about shortly, but the color cards pretty much are just uh, 10 different models of shoes that I made. And we've generated them with the code of generator that I made a uh, 44,000 shoes is actually Quite a lot of shoes and it took me a while to piece it together what i didn't like is that during this market the advice that i got was to make 1000 that was the supply or why do 10,000 do 3000 why because of supply pressure you want to better build something that people can trade and flip on and i was like well i'm not about that you know like if i was to think about supply and value and this may only make sense to me i don't know but when you talk about gold or you talk about any resources in the real world, they're based off how hard uh, the type of work that it takes to mine these things. Uh, what's that true supply? Like we know diamonds, the true supply of diamonds is not real because they're restricted. So if I made a collection that was 3,000, but in two clicks I can make it 5,000, what's the true supply? Is it 3,000 or is it 5,000? Because with no effort, I can type in a different number and have 5,000. I could have 10,000. But to go from 10,000 to 40,000 for me was an effort because it's actually really hard to do. Um, well, I found it really hard to do anyway. I had to code a generator that one had to generate 10 different assets with, with each of the layers that went amongst it. And I won't get into this too much, 
but like I wanted something that took me a long time to make, something that I found was my maximum ability that I could call my true supply. I did not go through and pick what I liked. I just put it out there. And a lot of these shoes I haven't even seen myself. The idea was for the people that wanted to learn how to mint, that wanted to learn how to, I guess, you know, use a token, put it in your MetaMask uh, and mint an NFT, how to use OpenSea and all those things, they could do so through my collection. And we're generating this NFT collection together. In the collection, I've loaded some hand-pieced items. There's like 140 hand-pieced items that have uh, a claimable feature, which I'll explain in a couple of weeks. And then we also have a one-on-one in our collection that kind of explains this whole story, which I'm not ready to reveal yet, but that's in there somewhere. And to be honest, like, I don't know where any of this stuff is, but like, it's kind <laughs> of cool for me to see other people generating art that I can appreciate as well. I'm like, oh, I like that color combination. Never thought of that. There are some really ugly shoes in this collection as well. And I knew that, but I wanted this collection to be true to my supply. And we will go through a different process to kind of change that. And the community itself are the ones who are going to get to choose the size of this collection, the rarity of this collection, and what happens at the end, uh, based on a few functions that I'm, I've got, you know, learning how to do uh, through coding and that. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, Z, have you got any plans? for collabs with other brands or, mm-hmm. or if you can't say it, that's okay, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, like, um, yeah. collaborations are hard because in this space, it depends what type of collaboration you're talking about. You're talking about whitelist for my community or like, do you know what I mean? Like it's hard to make collaborations with some of these businesses because you don't actually know the longevity of their business or what they're about in the beginning. So it's, I find it hard to collaborate, but I also find it, I have the collection that people might not want to collaborate with as well, because it doesn't make mathematical sense to the normal collection. Like, you know, like I said, the supply and all those kind of things, it doesn't, it's not attractive and that's kind of how, how I made it, but it's not attractive to want to be in my collection because it doesn't make sense according to the normal project. If I had 1000 NFTs, different story, but because I had 45,000 NFTs, um, you know, we kind of like, kind of stay away, or I think mm. people stay away from it, to be honest. But yeah, we do have some collaborations coming up, um, a few meetings that were meant to take place this week. Um, I have, can, I have stayed in touch with a lot of businesses and metaverses, metaverse companies from the very beginning that I've appreciated. I've watched grow like huge, like spatial, for example, OVR, um, and you guys already know that part of our business future is the things that we want to change is the way we shop for clothes, the way we shop for fashion, the way we do things like that. So having connection with spatial and OVR and different metaverses, I know it's a bit early for that now, but I'm just keeping my foot in the door. I'm talking, I'm trying to see what's happening. I'm connecting with their communities. I'm trying to find out what's going on there so that when the time is right, I can build there. So those are the people that I want to partner with, but they're more companies that deal with like spatial, for example, they don't sell any land. They deal with metaverse experiences, immersive experiences for all creators. So they're the same thing. Ready Play Me as well. Um, OVR does AR land, AR fit outs and things like that. So very interested in uh, different things that I guess may not be good normal partnerships. Hmm. I mean, like once you showed us OVR, uh, we went back in there and uh, played a lot, play around. So. 
Um, and that, that's the beauty of it. You know, sometimes just because we are in in here, in this space, doesn't mean yeah. that we have all the answers. It's like, mm. you know, I think it's so important in the, you know, the early days to talk to a lot of people, share your knowledge, share your ideas. And just by doing that, I think you get to learn, you know, things yeah. that you did not know when existed. It's a big learning process, it's isn't huge, it? huge, right? And every day you're learning mm. something new and there's always someone that's got something to share and yeah. the space is changing so fast. So fast. Constantly. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how fast the space changes. Yeah. And um, I know that um, other day I saw a tweet from you, uh, Z, about uh, spatial. Like, oh, I just, you know, I just, we logged in, we made a deal or something like that uh, on spatial. So what was that experience? Which one was that? Was that the auction? I think so. Or was that the class? No, I think it was someone that you had a, you had a meeting, a business meeting um, on, you know, inside spatial. Oh. I think about maybe last week or so, I believe. Okay, I don't remember the, the post because I've had a few recently, but um, it's just a fast way to meet. You know, I use spatial because I can throw up my screen. I, if someone, for example, the other week, I had a couple of artists that wanted to, they asked me how they can launch their own contract and make it, uh, you know, a minting debt so they can mint their collections. They wanted to know how, I, how I'm how i doing what I'm doing. And, you know, like I've been pretty, pretty busy at the moment, but I also want to practice in what I want to do later. So we held a class together pretty much with a couple other guys. I throw up my screen and they could see what I'm doing straight away. I can load 3D objects in there to show them, hey guys, this is the 3D object that I'm working on and this is how you can do this. And then you can just share. And it's, it is an interactive experience. You can actually have a conversation and for a second you almost forget that you're you're not having it in real life almost. You know, I can't meet with a lot of people overseas, but we can meet in spatial. And sometimes I like meeting in spatial because if I'm on the fly, I can do it on my phone or I can do it wherever. And you don't need to see my face. You can see my character. I'm dressed. I'm ready. Uh, I, I've had a haircut in my, you know, in my metaphors. <laughs> it's a very easy way to meet. That's all, you know, like, yeah. um, and there's no, there's nothing to flip in there. There's no land. There's no nothing. So a lot of people in the PFP scene aren't necessarily interested in that. And I find there's a different type of community there. So I was very interested in the people that are interested in this new technology and not just blockchain, but metaverse and uh, meeting with those people and, and finding out what they value. Um, I'm very interested in what the metaverse people value, but I'm also very interested in what the PFP space value as well and how that's all going to tie in together one day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, with the, uh, the current uh, market conditions, I know that we were in a bear, but we have a little bit of a, you know, here and there, we have a little bit of, you know, spikes and things like that. And when those spikes happen, people get excited and, mm. you know, with the blur as well, dropping those tokens, airdropping, yeah. and that gives you a bit of a kick. And then, you know, the whole royalties and it's, it's always there's some, some sort of drama going just because <laughs> it's a bear market doesn't mean it's like so boring, you know? No, it's not at all. It is so, a bit of market, but I mean, it's, it's nothing, it's never boring. There's always something going on, some drama yeah. going on. That's it, right? <laughs> so how did you, you know, I just want to, you know, the last, we got about another nine minutes, but I just want to touch base. Like we spoke about the coding part, but what we did not touch is about how did you design your, you know, sneakers, the art? How did you go about doing that? Uh, what software okay. did you use? What was the onboarding yeah, process was like? So I found 3D design really hard too. Like none of these subjects I was naturally good at. Like I felt like I was really basic and it's really hard to go from being, I guess, you know, a professional at something to now doing something that you were terrible at, you know, but like 
I first approached the space and I hit up somebody. I said, yo, how do we make, can you make these shoes? I need some shoes made. And they said to me, how many polygons do you want? I was like, polygons? I want shoes. How many tries is it? I was like, what the? F I didn't understand anything about it. So even if I don't want to be a 3D designer in the future, I felt like I had to know how this works so I can ask the right questions and get what I want created. But I just found myself doing it in the end. Um, with my art background, I guess I've been an artist all my life. What I did when I was younger was I was a carver. Like I, I sculpted many different items. And I'm talking about, you know, when I was a teenager, maybe like bone, stone, whatever. I was a carver. So that was my kind of thing. And then I became a welder. That's actually, I've got an engineering background in welding for I don't know how many years. But like, um, so I've tried many programs. Blender's a good one, but I found one that helped me create freely was uh, Nomad Sculpt on my iPad. And because I was really using my iPad and knew how to use the pen, it was easy for me to do that. And you start off pretty much with a, a ball and then you use the tools to kind of sculpt what you want. So oh, wow. the sculptures that I have before these images, which actually some holders have, they were sculpted on Nomad Sculpt. And I didn't want to make them the perfect finish because I also wanted to put out my raw story. So these are the sculptures that I made. They're not finished, but neither is the story. Now come the color cards that were made from the sculptures. So I used the color cards. The color cards were made from the sculptures. And then I generated those layers into the cards we have today. Yeah. You may have seen that obviously these things are going to evolve into a nicer finish, but right now they are just what they are, you know, but uh, Nomad Sculpt was very easy for me and I don't know if it's for anybody else but just it was easy for me to pick up because I guess maybe my background with carving it felt more hands on I could move it with a pen when you go on Blender you have like a hundred bones and you don't know what to do you know <laughs> and they have sculpture on there the sculptures I think they had the sculpture like layers on there or whatever but the tools on there but it wasn't easy as the iPad for me so that's yeah. what I started with and now I use Blender as well to finish the job pretty much yeah, no, that's that's pretty cool. I've been I, I've been you know scrolling through um, OpenSea and going through your you know um, NFTs. My you done such an awesome job, and you know end of the day, you know when you have an awesome wall of like a brick wall, and you see one brick you know come to the side, you know pop popping out, there is so many people pointing to that one brick. Oh look, that brick is out, but they forget. <laughs> Look at that, all the other perfect bricks that has yeah. been laid, right? Um, so I think, um, Z, you have done such an awesome, you know, job by yourself. And, you know, forget about it, there's no team behind you, you know. Well, I just want to quickly point in there that I, I feel like I do have a team now. And it's kind of cool because, you know, like I did start with that one, you know. But, like, since I started taking steps, even if they were in the beginning by myself, I don't know if you've seen my latest videos, but I feel like I have now surrounded myself with people that all want the same thing, that are all walking in the same direction. And that's all I wanted to do. Like I want to, I guess in some way, inspire others to kind of do the same thing as me, but help each other, like help each other, put each other on. Because at the end of the day, these larger companies are not going to put us smaller artists on. We have to, that's the idea of the blockchain is that we need to connect with everybody else that's kind of trying to aim for the same thing. And then, we can kind of build uh, the things that we want to see instead of always what these large corporations are wanting to see. Mm -hmm.
No, you you you're bang on, mate. So before we finish, uh, what's the so if anyone want to get uh, involved with your project, how how could they get involved? You got to pay. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, we've been doing this for a while now. Like a lot of the things we're doing, uh, we do a lot of like little competitions, little rewards. As the token is, the token I must say is just utility token. It doesn't have liquidity. It never will have liquidity. The idea of it is to exchange our values around. So instead of me doing it for free, I'm just doing it for the token. So if you want something from me, then maybe you might need to like or retweet something and then you get some tokens. That's how it kind of started. Um, I wanted to make a, a game. I said, hey, if you play the game, test it out for me, let me know. You get some tokens, then you can use that to mint the NFT. Right now, we're always at a, you know, we're always changing levels of where this token comes from. But this next 24 hours, just drop it to our Discord and there'd be many ways to kind of earn it in there. Or you can find out who's giving away this token. So other people now are... Other people that have earned this token are now using to leverage their communities and to, I guess, get some engagement for their own pages. So if you jump onto their stuff and support their work, then you can earn the tokens for our project. Okay. So say, for example, if there's a, a community, uh, NFT community, for example, out there, and if they, if they want to uh, reward their community yep. uh, with the Z token, um, how would they go about it? Would they uh, contact you or how would they do it? Yeah, at the moment, I guess the best is just that I don't have a project manager yet, but if you can contact me on Twitter or through our Discord, then we could definitely uh, have a chat and I'll, I'm always down to share with other people and we just we just change the way we implement it. So next week it might be, hey, jump into our event. I've got, him, I've got a friend here who's doing a performance. We want to support him. Uh, we want 100 people to come in there. So if you come in there, you can earn the token. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. awesome. And, you know, one of the things actually, um, Charlie, you know, in that uh, uh, last week or a couple of days ago, uh, there's a gaming uh, space, right? Like, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. and one of the things that they asked was like, oh, how would you test your, I, you know, how would you go with your ideas? And what would, what uh, did yeah. you say? <laughs> Just <Yeah>. do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and. I think, um, just not, I, yeah, and yeah, I would say I'm not just thinking, I know this is what you are doing, Z. So I just want to put it out there. Uh, we we are great believers in what you do and how you go about it and love the ethos behind you. And you're a good good person as well. And we see that so much you're doing uh, great things. And, and uh, yeah, we are constantly pushing you and you're being a, a goal coaster as well. Uh, you pop. A couple of times the office, so yeah, yeah awesome. we're really excited to see where it goes. Yeah, no, 100%. I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll catch up again along the way. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So, on that note, Charlie, have you got any questions before we leave? Um, just for anyone listening or will listening in the future to this? Um, what's your Twitter handle, Zinks? Just spell that one out so people can find you very easily mate and also your website url man so we can oh, share shit. that about with everyone all right and, so it's uh, yeah it's meant to be zinx.f but i can't use a dot on twitter so it's zinx underscore f so zinx is spelled as z1 right. isn't it yeah z1 nkx no vowels because there's no rules here <laughs> <laughs> and what about your website man uh, that's saying just zinx.xyz at the moment, but like 
you have to realize as well that I'm building anything on the go. So things are going to change along the way. If you hit the Twitter, you're probably going to get uh, the best uh, connections through there. Best yeah. connections, and then they can easily find yeah. your um, Discord in the in your handle. Yeah, everything's there. Easy yeah. done. And um, cool. Um, so, anything else from you, Maureen, before we wrap no. it up? No, I don't think so. I was just going to say, when are you going to start designing women's heels? But <laughs> probably in the near future, I'm sure. Oh, but uh, that's... that's the next range. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know. Cool. Um, before we uh, start, I just want to find out, uh, Nathan, have you got any, um, any, any questions online for Zings? I think most people are asleep, aren't they, in the space? <laughs> <laughs> is it a good thing or a bad thing <laughs> like oh they're missing out of the world anyway yeah they're missing out if they're sleeping i think i had my phone here let me see whether we have any um questions um i can't see any questions yeah no questions so z again thank you so much for your time and i know you got a you know busy a uh, few hours ahead of you. Yeah. So, on that note, mate. Thank uh, you. We'll catch you later. Yeah. Talk See to you ya. later. See you guys on Twitter. Thanks yeah. for stopping by, man. See yeah. you later. And for yeah. bye to everyone from on all our social media platforms. <laughs> on social nation. On social yeah, nation, exactly. <laughs> and um, so what we are doing here is we are really giving NFT artists and anyone who's building a project, a meaningful project, a platform. To come and um, you know share share your you know um, your project your ideas yeah. uh, with everyone here and um, yeah so this is our twenty fifth um, episode and I can't see we're stopping uh, with great people like Z and there's so many other great people and we're gonna start bringing more and more people here so yeah please join us for future uh, episodes so yeah. on that note bye see you later everyone see, see you soon thanks. See ya. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe.